Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Whether it's fake websites, realistic looking emails, or text messages, almost all of us have nearly fallen for scams down the years. They cost companies and consumers an estimated 300 million euro last year. But how do the fraudsters target companies and what can be done? Dermot Frost is with IP Telecom and is on the line. Good morning, Dermot. Good morning, Joe. How, How bad is the problem for SMEs? Um, it's pretty bad. I mean, I suppose if you think, if your listeners think every day they're getting random text messages, random phone calls, um, trying to get them to to click on links or to give private information over, and that's applying at the exact same rate in the business sector. So you know there are targeted campaigns by criminal organisations looking to collect um, personal information. Um, from uh, users, both both individuals and and company based, um, to try and build a a picture of a person that they can then sell on for identity theft, using stolen credit card details, using PPS numbers to access other services and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's it's part of a, a bigger problem, and it's not just business; it's obviously uh, individuals, it's as consumers well. as well. So how do the fraudsters target either companies or consumers, and what do they do with the data then? So it's not very targeted. It's a very scattergun approach. You know, they'll they'll send random texts and, and random uh, phone calls to random numbers, I should say. They'll also buy, um, you know, lists of stolen phone numbers and, and email addresses and things like that on the dark web from websites that have previously been hacked. So if you've signed up for some service, that service has been hacked, but you've already inputted your phone number and your email address, let's say, then the fraudsters have a good probability of knowing that's an actual working phone number. But they're also just willing to start robo dialing 0800000, then try 0001002, and so on. Mm. And they only have to get lucky once or twice, and then they've made it worth their while because the systems that they've got set up are such that you know they can send out millions of of texts and millions of of phone calls, and then hope that there are five or ten or twenty people who fall for the scam. And then their quids in already. So it's the crime equivalent of adding value. So if they get one or one percent of the people that they've robocalled to click or give some details, um, they will then sell that information again on the dark web to others who will yeah. have a more targeted approach, including yeah, repli- absolutely, including replicating websites. Like some of the websites that you see are incredibly believable. Yeah, and I mean it's it's it's. It's targeted in, in a very clever way. I mean, you don't want to give them credit, but, you know, they'll send a very generic um, uh, text or email, we'll say, pretending to be on post or the, you know, motorway toll company E-flow. or something like, yeah, eFlow have been targeted a lot recently, um, where they'll set up a generic website that looks exactly like the eFlow website. And they'll send you a link to that saying, oh, your toll payment didn't go through. Please click on this just to send your credit card details again. And the thing will look like that. But they go for those generic services because everybody uses them. So everybody gets parcels in the post. Most people go on the motorway at some stage and have to pay a toll. Um, And then once they've got that information, then they go, "Okay, there's there's Johnny over there. And he clicked on that. Right. Let's find out about Johnny. Oh, he works for Company X. Right. Let's set up a website that looks like Company X's email system and then send him another one in a couple of weeks, and then he'll click into that, and all of a sudden he'll put in his email credentials, and then all of a sudden they've got into Johnny's inbox, and then they've got all of his access, and then they can start sending emails as him saying, here, listen, Mary in accounts, can you transfer €20,000 over to this account, and hopefully 
the internal practices within the company will catch that sort of stuff. But there have definitely been cases in Ireland and, and further afield where large amounts of money have been siphoned out of companies through that sort of getting the initial chink in the armour through a very generic site and then sort of targeting very down, uh, using the term that we use in the industry called spear phishing, where the the broader one is just called general phishing. And then you have spear phishing, which is targeting down on that a particular individual company or that individual person, even if they're high enough net value uh, target to get the the targeted information that they want. But the ones that everybody's receiving are very much the lowest common denominator, just try and get any information they can and then flog that on up the, the criminal food chain. To and I'm guessing the content. message on the moral of the story for all small businesses and for consumers is vigilance and really to have a real look at the link that you've been sent, uh, whether it makes any sense at all or whether it looks fraudulent. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... It's, it's easier in some ways for consumers um, because, you know, if you get a phone call or you get a text from a number that you don't recognize, at this stage, quite a lot of the time it is going to be, you know, not legitimate. Um, and so, you know, if you if a number rings you, just let it go to voicemail. If it's important, then they'll leave a message saying, hi, I'm Johnny the plumber and I'm coming around tomorrow to fix your washing machine. And then you can ring them back. But if uh, if you're a business and you don't know who you're expecting phone calls from on a daily basis, you kind of have to answer every call. And then you have to train your staff to make sure that they don't accidentally give information away to to, uh, to the, the robot or the person at the other end of the line. And can you um, can, who, can you block the fake numbers, Dermot? Can you somehow block these fake numbers purporting to be from Ireland when they're almost certainly from other sea overseas? Um, yeah, so the the calls are primarily coming from overseas. We see a lot that are coming from sort of the from Russia, from sort of the Middle East, and also from Eastern Africa. And you know, from you can see from those countries, this is an economic opportunity that they have, right? So yes, they're being criminal, but you know, in some parts of that of the world, that's all they've got. So in a way, you can't blame them. But the the, the calls are primarily coming from abroad, but it's very easy to fake your uh, your from phone number mm. in the same way that if you wrote a letter, you can easily write your a fake address on the back of it. So I'll write to and can we not you know, block Joe them? at News Talk. And can the government say, not block them, Dermot? Well, there's a, the regulator has set up a working group within all the operators in Ireland to, to look at this problem. And we can absolutely, and the, and the proposal at the moment is that we block all calls coming into Ireland that are presenting with an Irish phone number. So therefore, calls that will have an Irish caller ID can only have started in Ireland. Mm. And that will get rid of all of that. But the problem with that is it introduces other headaches of legitimate calls that are coming in. And it's it's how do you differentiate between the two? If you have a company that's based in... in we, we, we've seen this the other way, we'd say, with countries that have already introduced these bans, where an Irish company sets up an office in Paris, they want them to have French numbers and they want to be able to ring local French companies with their French numbers to do business. But then because the calls seem to be originating in Ireland, they get blocked. And we would have similar situations here of people so, who so, have so legitimate... It's, it's not as easy so as simply just... A, Dermot, I'm sorry, we've run out of time. It's not as easy as simply just blocking these fake numbers. There's a lot of other um, things to think about. Dermot, I'm sorry we, um, we, uh, we ran out of time there. That's Dermot Frost from IP Telecom. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.